0: and you can get an extra three months free, expressvpn.com slash slash film.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. On today's episode, we're gonna have a spoiler-filled discussion about what if season one, episode six, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark. This is Slash Film Editorial Director, Peter Serretta. Joining me on this podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer and Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. So, before we get into this week's episode, we actually have a, a bunch of emails about last week's episode, about the zombie episode of What If. Oh, boy. So I thought I would read those before we get into it. As, I'll, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, we always do these spoiler discussions in four different segments. Feedback, we give our brief reactions, we go into a breakdown of the episode, and then we give you our speculation on upcoming episodes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Okay, so the first email in our feedback sec- section comes from Ian from, from Washington, D.C., and he says the jet flown at the end of the episode is actually the quad jet. It's an older version of the Quinjet. We first saw the quad jet in Captain Marvel. It makes sense that the old S.H.I.E.L.D. base at Camp Lee would have an, this earlier model and not the newest tech. Uh, which is that that's good insight right there from Ian. Uh, he also says, uh, you also asked why zombie Thanos didn't just snap his fingers. If you look closely, you can see that his gauntlet only has five stones. He still has an empty slot for the middle, the mind stone. However, as you pointed out, that doesn't explain why he didn't use the time stone to revert to his non zombie form. So, uh, thank you for that email. Ian." uh, Brad, do you have anything to say about the the quad jet or uh, the missing infinity stone?
2: Uh, no, that makes a good, good sense, but and um, but yeah, I'm glad that I'm not wrong in thinking that Thanos should be able to still use the rest of those stones to you know fix this situation.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Chris B writes in. He says, listening to your episode about the zombies, what if? extra scene at the end with Thanos and in the infinity gauntlet. What if they are setting up a sequel episode in which the heroes have to fight Thanos for the gauntlet because they realize that's their only way of turning everybody normal again? I, I guess my answer to that is I don't, do you think zombie Thanos would be as powerful as normal Thanos?
2: I mean, considering zombie uh Scarlet Witch is just as powerful as regular yeah. Scarlet Witch. Yes, Probably. But but I my, I think my problem with that is it veers too close to just being a rehash of Avengers Endgame just with everybody being zombies instead of being dusted, you know? So, like, how much different is it really?
1: Yeah, it's too samey, which was my complaint about the uh, Captain Britain episode. So, um, you, you know, and we'll get uh, into, you know... Uh, Everybody keeps on talking, including us, about the continuation of these episodes. And we'll talk about that in the speculation segment of this episode. Uh, Ben from Pennsylvania writes in, here's a theory on episode five with the zombies and how that could tie into the rest of the series. In episode three, the reason Hank Pym kills the rest of the Avengers is because of the death of Hope. In episode five, Hank is with Janet in the quantum realm, and that is the cause for the zombie virus. The cliffhanger on episode five shows Thanos with a nearly completed Infinity gauntlet and the remaining Avengers essentially bring the Mind Stone to him. Assuming he gets the Mind Stone, instead of snapping half the population gone, he wishes the zombie virus to have never happened. This causes a mini what if where instead of Hank bringing the zombie virus back, he escapes and tells Hope she needs to help rescue Janet which somehow results in her death, causing the events of episode three to happen. I feel like this is too complicated to be anything in like a, a Disney animated series.
2: Yeah. That's what I was going to say, especially for a series (laughs) where the episodes are only a half an hour.
1: Yeah. I, I,
2: I mean, it's an interesting path to take for sure. But yeah, I think it's just too, too complex for its own good.
1: I will say that I do wish that this show had more of a connection between the episodes. And again, we'll talk about this in the, speculation segment uh, segment but i do wish there was some kind of cause and effect in some of these universes that caused the other universes to happen which would be kind of cool but uh we can get into that later um our last email we got a critical email here brad so uh uh p- put on your boxing gloves here ed V writes in i think even you guys realize for all of your comments that we really like this honest that you were being awfully harsh on this episode and the other episodes. Just wondering if either of you were actually fans of the original comic books. Many of your criticisms are indeed spot on, sketchy voice acting being the most glaring. But hitting the show constantly for the lack of fleshing out the storyline kind of misses the point of the entire series, I think. These are supposed to be the equivalent of a short story. The series of comic books were merely twenty-four to thirty-six page one offs, nothing more. I'd compare the show to less to the Twilight Zone and actually more to the HBO series Tales from the Crypt, which was also based on one off comic book issues. Just like it would be to be foolish to expect a more fleshed out, full length horror movie storyline from one of those episodes. To expect the degree of complex complexity, uh, wait. He spelled that. Uh, I I think you guys are faulting these episodes for not having, for for what not having is a bit unrealistic considering just what format the show is designed to be.
2: I think that's fair, but it's hard not to make that comparison and to notice those faults when the stories that you are remixing and abridging. Uh, are feature-length films that allow for that kind of thing, and they try to jam the same kind of power and dramatic weight um, and stakes into these short episodes. So, sure, it might be a little more harsh than you know <laughs> it, it needs to be, but it's hard to get you know gloss over those details when they're continually uh, frustrating and make it hard to latch on to some of these. Uh, alternate takes and characters in a meaningful way.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I said on a, the first episode of this podcast that the what if comic book series was actually my favorite comic book series as a kid. I, I collected all the issues. I loved them all. Um, I just love the alternate universe take on some of these storylines. And I, I honestly think the comic books kind of did these stories a little bit better than what we're seeing here. I I think because of the, first of all, I love that they were able to remix the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we've known thus far in like what, the first 11, 12 years of it um, into, um, you know, doing these alternate realities and stuff. But I also think that with that limited amount of stories, you don't have that many moments to, to alter. Like you only have a certain amount of, actual storytelling to go off of. But instead of like the comic books had, you know, <laughs> what, 50 years of comic book stories each coming out, you know, each month to go off of. So I think they, they, they are a little bit limited here uh, by the concept. But I, I think it's fair also for us to criticize the show for the concept because if we as an audience are left wanting more, then I think they have not – necessarily accomplish what they're tr- trying to do? Is that right, Brad? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um but hopefully, I don't know, I I think for the most part we we are very much enjoying this series. Um but we we're enjoying this series with notes. We 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 have some thoughts. Um but okay, let's get to episode 6. This is episode six of nine, so we're 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 in the the last third here, Brad. And this is what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark. Um, my brief thoughts on this episode: I really like this episode. This, I almost wish this could have been one of the first episodes because this, it really goes with the concept of showing what a little change could completely alter the course of the events of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it does have those touchstones of events that you know from the MCU that you see happen in different ways with different characters and different things. But it's so interesting how if Iron Man never happened and the Avengers never happened, how everything would have completely played out in a different way. And I I really enjoyed that for the most part. Uh, It was great to have Michael B. Jordan back. Uh, It was... I don't know. I, I... I also love that this episode goes back to the first frames of the first MCU movie, Iron Man, and kind of takes it from there all the way to, you know, our last phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on this episode?
2: Um, Yeah, I'm, I, I'm mostly right there with you, except um, I think that I became frustrated when even though there's this change in the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that completely removes the existence of Iron Man and the formation of the Avengers that much of Killmonger's story plays out in a similar fashion, just with him involved in inve- events that we've already yeah. seen in the Marvel cinematic universe. You know, uh, a lot well, of the King, same...
1: Killmonger's journey wouldn't change that much. Right.
2: I'm Well, I mean, I guess that's why it's frustrating to me is because yeah. it, it makes it not that much different. Like it's basically just seeing these events from several different movies play out as if Killmonger were the one, orchestrating them in a different way and while that's intriguing in some ways uh and i do like the character there's just not much of a change in his character arc other than him you know being more like involved in like the events of uh age of ultron and uh, iron man and uh creating this war in wakanda which is probably the biggest thing that it brings about you know the change but then his end game is still the same where he becomes black panther and uh, he's gotten rid of T'Challa and, and all that. So like a lot of it is still the same. It just happens in a different timeline. And I just, it's the same problem kind of like I had with the Captain Carter episode that we started off with, where it's just, it was a little too much familiar with a change that is made out to be bigger maybe than it really is. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know.
1: I was going to say, I, I did I, I did like this episode a lot more before we got to the point of the double... Is it double cross, triple cross? It's,
2: it's like a quadruple cross.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, once we got to that point, and it, like you said, it does kind of go to like basically what his motives were from Black Panther. That that was when I liked it a little less. But yeah,
2: yeah, I, I still appreciate you know like the remix on some level, but I I just I wish that it would veer more you know away from from what you expect uh, from from the, the MCU beats
1: for sure. Okay, let's let's get into this. Let's get into the episode. Um, so the episode starts with uh, Killmonger saving Tony Stark in the opening uh, from Iron Man. And uh, actually interesting, in Black Panther, Killmonger does say that he was stationed in the Middle East at some point. So it, it is plausible that he would have been there. Um, but he infiltrated the uh the um the 10 rings which wait are they the actual like i'm a little confused on how shang chi changes things do you do you have any clarification brad
2: i mean i'm sure that there are branches of the 10 rings that are just out there doing nefarious activities so like the events of Cha- shang chi don't really change anything about their place in you know kidnapping Iron Man and that kind of thing, because not everything I guess is probably under the you know watchful eye of Mandarin and I'm sure there's a lot of like bands that are still that are doing their own thing that like in general help you know keep them in power and in control of certain things
1: yeah um i I really like the bit here where they show the animated footage of the Avengers assembling in that first Avengers movie. And Stark, you know, within the, the iron gauntlets, uh ready. It, it, it really kind of nails home how much of a change this would be to the Marvel Cinematic Universe of if Tony Stark didn't have to hide in the cave and it build his way out of it. And think completely differently about, you know, what his life has been building these weapons. Yeah. Uh, um. So... We're back in the U.S. Tony holds this press conference, which I guess is a mirror of the press conference held at the end of Iron Man, where he revealed it was Iron Man. But instead here, Stark promotes Killmonger to. Well,
2: well, actually, it's it's kind of a mix of two different press conferences because there's the press conference from the end. But this is more more so closer to the press conference from when he comes back from being kidnapped and says that he's going to stop producing weapons.
1: Oh, okay. Good point. And also in the audience is a reporter, Christine Everhart, reprising her role, Leslie Bibb, asking a question. (laughs) You might remember her from the first Iron Man movie. I just find it funny that they can, who they get to return for the these like little roles, and who they can't. Um, for example, Pepper Potts sounds nothing like Gwyneth Paltrow here. (laughs) Do you have uh, complaints about Potts here?
2: Um. Well, I don't think that she sounds like Gwyneth Paltrow. She does, there is something about her cadence and the way that she says certain words that, that does feel like it's at least emulating her performance, even if it doesn't sound a lot like her.
1: Yeah. I was actually kind of surprised to learn that Ob- Obadiah Stane was actually a, not the same actor. It's actually another – it's a voice actor because he sounded actually so much like Obadiah Stane. And the voice actor here, his name's Kef. He voiced uh, old Han Solo in some Star Wars animated shorts, and he also did some voices for the the Old Republic video game. So, so some Star Wars connections there.
2: Yeah, good job, Kiff Vandenhuevel. A great, yes. great job.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I honestly, until I got to the credits, didn't know that that wasn't him. So, <laughs> um, but anyways, um, so Stark promotes Killmonger, and as his first act is. Uh, Killmonger reveals that Ob- Obadiah Stane was behind the attack on Tony, which which we know to be true from the first Iron Man movie. <laughs> That's like one of the big reveals there. Um, they uh, they're drinking at a, a party at Tony's beach house, and uh, Tony decides to promote Killmonger again from head of security to the COO. What a, a what a rise! within Stark Industries. Uh, so Killmonger has this idea for an automated automated combat drone system. And uh, his his concept is based on like Gundams because Killmonger grew up watching lots of anime, which I, I kind of like that idea, number one, because it makes it look so much different than anything else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Number two, Killmonger grew up in Oakland, in the Bay area, which I lived for a, a few years. And the Bay area has a huge anime fan base. They have like a bunch of anime conventions. They have like a large Asian and Japanese population there. So it, I'm sure the, the the writers didn't think that too far into it, but I, I like that it, it fits. And uh, what do you think of these automated combat drones?
2: They are cool. Um, you know, I think it's funny that, you know, he, Killmonger says he's an anime fan and it it kind of gives us a way of introducing similar things that Tony Stark did in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like the Ultron drones and, you know, creating these things that can help protect, uh, other people, you know, a, a different kind of warfare. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, an interesting way of kind of reinterpreting what Stark, And would have ended up doing, you know, in the the MCU timeline and then putting this Killmonger spin on it. I I did enjoy that aspect. Yeah.
1: And in this, uh, this episode, we see Tony doing a lot of drinking. Like in the comic book series, there's this arc called Demon in the Bottle where he had a battle with alcoholism probably never see that in the mcu in any way but i i find it amusing brad that we we probably see the most tony stark drinking in an animated episode on on disney plus (laughs) yeah um but good good on them for being able to accomplish that because i feel like usually when you do animated stuff they're like we can't we can't put that in there
2: and i think it leans into the idea too that like this tony stark hasn't really uh changed much you know his his character arc in the the mcu allows him to improve and like step away from the um you know the uh vices that he had you know that kind of you know kept him as this you know playboy sarcastic kind of jerk off
1: yeah and he he kind of had like this other problem uh, presented itself like this ptsd kind of thing that he was going through. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyways, Tony gets this idea of making a mini arc reactor, but he quickly dismisses it. Um, I feel like that's the kind of jokes that this show keeps on doing. It's like, let's reference something from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then I'm like, oh, no. Um, they need uh, vibranium. So they send Rhodey to negotiate with Ulysses Claw, um, and... By the way, Roddy is here. This is this takes place during the timeline that that Terrence Howard would have been playing Roddy, but but he's played by Don Cheadle and he looks like Don Cheadle, um, so so that's cool. And the so when they when they go to meet the the hideout is breached by Black Panther, who this very cool action sequence where you can't really tell who it is at first. Uh, he wants the vibranium to bring it back to Wakanda where it belongs and Killmonger takes out Black Panther and Rhodey and it was the double quadruple whatever cross where Killmonger was working with Claw the whole time to take out Black Panther and overthrow Wakanda and I feel like in this show there's been a couple times that they've had like these double cross moments where they're trying to like Make us take a swerve so that us, the audience, are like, "Oh, whoa!" Didn't see that coming. This is interesting. But I think the more you you inspect this after the fact, it doesn't make sense. Like, does Killmonger? See, yeah, I'm sure this is where Ed's screaming at his podcast, being like, "They're they're overthinking this." <laughs> but like, it seems like if Killmonger wanted to become the new Black Panther. To take take over Wakanda, like it, there would have been easier ways to accomplish it than going through tony Stark
2: um yeah, probably <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I mean at the very least the the way that he gets into Wakanda is just by giving them claw, you know after yeah. killing him, uh as we also saw in Black Panther, but I guess he needed a way to like he needed off. the
1: funds to build that army to convince them that they needed him
2: yeah he had to show them like how how he was willing to fight for them and like that he deserved the mantle to be their protector uh, you know because otherwise they might not have been so willing to do so
1: i feel like this is the problem with a lot of like stories since i don't want to say it's like a christopher nolan problem but it, it feels like the convolution of the events, and what needs to take place and what needs to be accomplished, in order for him to his plan to go through, just seems like everything needs to go right, Brad. Yes. <laughs> so, um, okay. Anyways, th- th- that said, that's my critical bit for for today. Um, so uh, he he does kill Black Panther. Uh, we see this funeral uh, funeral for T'Challa and it's kind of this wakandan version of a military funeral that we have kind of like all over the world and i do you think we'll see something like this in black panther 2 wakanda forever?
2: Yeah, that's immediately what i thought that this might be a taste of like how we'll see marvel handle this uh since Kevin Feige has said that Chadwick Boseman you know won't be put into black panther 2 whether it's as a digital double or anything like that and so i feel like they have to start out the movie with t'challa's funeral and so we'll probably see something like this but i'll bet in a much more grand elegant fashion uh than we see here
1: yeah uh tony stark is on to killmonger and what his plans are and uh has this great law like killmonger's like well, you're gonna call the police they're not gonna show up in time and he's like well the police are the law i want justice and he like you know, locks down the room and turns the the Stark Liberator drone on Killmonger, which was a cool moment. And uh, he takes him out, stabs Tony with the Wakandan Vibranian Spear. Uh, and there's also another great quote here. This one from Killmonger says, the difference between you and me is you can't see the difference between you and me. So I thought, I don't know. I like that line.
2: Yeah, I do
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so... Wakanda is set up for the death of Tony Stark. Pepper is the only one in this show that is suspicious of anything. I, I guess maybe Rhodey was suspicious at one point, but he's dead now. Uh, General Ross puts the Liberator drones into production. Everybody just goes along with this plan. Killmonger kills Claw, takes him to the Wakanda like we see in the other movie uh, where he is accepted by the royal family. He says that the killer drones are coming for Wakanda and he has this plan to close them in, shutting them off. Uh, it, it seems weird. I know that he has Wakandan blood in him, but it seems weird that the Wakanda Wakandans are just like so willing to go along with this plan. Like they, they seem like such a smart people, Brad. <laughs> but I don't know. Okay. Anyways uh, – so uh, the the drones are let in. The Wakandan shields go up, dis- disconnecting the drones from the connection. Um, and uh, Killmonger's uncle tells him that he will always have a home in Wakanda, but Killmonger wants more. And he turns on the drones with a backup transmitter. Uh, the Dormilaja t- take out the drones while Killmonger heroically makes work of them as well. And then, uh, in the background, we have like the Black Panther score and like the the Dormilaja like the chanting and stuff like that, which I feel like adds a level of epicness to this that uh, you know than that it would otherwise have. Uh, and Killmonger is awarded the role of the next Black Panther which is interesting. So it was cool seeing Killmonger come face-to-face with T'Challa in that, what do you call the other realm? That, like, that uh, spiritual... It's
2: a spiritual plane, I guess. Spiritual I, plane. I forget if there's a specific name for it, in Black Panther or not.
1: Yeah. Um, what did you think of that whole sequence?
2: Yeah, that was um, a nice touch uh, to have one last, you know, a different kind of confrontation between you know Killmonger and Black Panther since uh you know he was responsible for his death. So I guess my and now I'm 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 left wondering how <laughs> this like the story, you know, continues from here.
1: Yeah, well okay, so they have so General Ross wants to send some a missile strike at Wakanda and Pepper goes to her office. She he find she finds Shuri waiting for her, and Sherry shows up, uh, she knows the truth, and they decide to work together, and the episode ends with the Watcher saying heroes are never really gone, they live forever as the ones who they inspire to carry on the fights. I, I don't know, Brad, I, these episodes end in such, like, I'm not going to say big cliffhangers, but they end in such a, un, it's not, um, when I see a Marvel movie and I see an end credit scene, it gets me excited for the next thing but it doesn't leave me unsatisfied. I'm satisfied with the end of Marvel movies. I feel like the problem with what if is so far these these cliffhangers or whatever you want to call them leave me kind of unsatisfied.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree, but like I guess it helps knowing that they have said that future seasons or even future episodes this season will pick up as like sequel stories where where that left off so like it's obvious that some of these are going to continue in in some fashion um whether it's having episodes crossover or just doing sequels to those individual episodes like a you know uh an anthology series that has also a serial element i guess (laughs) um which is kind of weird um and like we the this week there was actually uh, a mid-season trailer That shows a little bit of like what's to come, I guess, as far as those sequel um, stories are concerned. Uh, For example, there's a shot in the mid-season trailer that shows uh, Pepper Potts uh, running alongside Shuri with the Dora Milaje behind them, and Pepper Potts is holding this huge gun, and it looks like they're running, like they're getting ready to head into some kind of fight. I thought originally it was going to be something that was part of this, uh, but it would seem that that story will be picked up at some point later on. And on top of that, going back by the to-
1: way, you mean later on in the next two episodes,
2: Well, right? there- seven, eight, or
1: there's three episodes yeah, left.
2: Yeah. There's no, this is the fifth episode, isn't it? Or is this the sixth?
1: I think it's the sixth. It is the sixth.
2: Oh, you're right. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we have three more episodes left. I think it's possible to depends on what happens because if it's the, if it's because since it's the mid season trailer, that footage has to come out this season, right? Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) um and then on top of that there was another shot in the mid-season trailer that picks up a thread from uh uh we see so at the uh, the, uh, that scene at the end of the t'challa star lord episode we see ego the living planet uh confronting peter quill who is still his son in that timeline and he's working at the dairy queen in the town where he uh grew up since he was never kidnapped by yondu and became star star lord and so we're left as, as a tease as that's a story for another time. And the mid-season trailer has a shot that shows Ego using his powers and he's levitating uh, Peter Quill inside of that Dairy Queen. So it looks like we'll pick up that thread at some point before the end of the season as well.
1: Yeah, and of course we we also have seen that Avengers Assemble moment which brings together all the alternate versions of these people like the Star-Lord version of Black panther the party thor the the killmonger uh,
2: version of of black panther um more
1: thanos whatever captain
2: Captain carter and then also uh this time in the mid-season trailer shot we got to see black widow in that assembly as well and this version of black widow appears to be um potentially a winter soldier version of black widow or like Hmm. um something like that because there's shots of her in some kind of like desolate post-apocalyptic landscape she's on a motorcycle she has a shield that has a red star on it so um but then there's also another shot where she's pulling a bow and arrow so i don't know if she becomes like this like combination of winter soldier and hawkeye as she's like by herself maybe it's some kind of uh result i wonder if it if that might pick up the zombie apocalypse storyline and she's somewhere else on her own uh when this happens and that her story will be part of that universe I, i don't know though
1: I don't know. It's so weird because when we kind of were speculating that that these things would come together. And we weren't speculating because we actually got that trailer and you could see that there was these characters from different episodes together in one scene. I thought that maybe some of these episodes like, for instance, this episode with Killmonger saving Stark, that this could maybe be in the same world as when Black Panther was picked up by the Ravengers. I thought that maybe we would see different episodes that spawned out of that, those like that same multiverse, if that yeah. makes sense, but we're we're not really getting that per se. And I know, I don't know. I I was having this conversation online on Twitter with um, uh, Dave Gonzalez and we we're talking about spe- uh, theorizing and spoilers and how some people, you know, let that, uh, but the theorizing and this is is like the theories and the speculation influence their interpretation of the actual thing when they end up seeing it. And I feel like I love spoilers. I love speculation in generally that doesn't happen for me. Generally I'm, I'm well grounded in that. Like I I don't care if what I, my, my guess or what we like had come up with doesn't match what we end up getting. It just, it just means like all that matters is what we end up getting is good in, in the end. Um, and he said, he said this quote from Neil Miller that said, um, don't let your theories grow up to be expectations. Um, and I think that's a, a great quote. And not that it serves uh, this conversation, but I, I, it does kind of because I feel like one of the things that I'm kind of not feeling so far with this season of What If is maybe I was expecting there to be more of a connective tissue within these episodes in some way. And we haven't really gotten that yet. I I feel like it's all going to come together in one episode at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I'm wondering if um, there'll be some kind of an episode that basically has like some way of bringing <laughs> these different universes together for a single episode, as opposed to something that actually um, combines them in, in this, um, <clears throat> in uh, the same way that like the Avengers are, you know, or, or where there's a lot more connective tissue between the the episodes. Maybe it'll be just like something that culminates to that. Um, I just don't
1: know how you do that. You, you have these half an hour episodes and they barely have enough time to tell these stories as is. How do you explain all these characters from these different multiverses coming together in I don't know what is the threat like what was your theory it was gonna be uh dr Strange, I think you said,
2: yeah, I feel like there's gonna be something with Dr Strange that uh that happens, you know, and plus you have we still have the watcher that to think about too about how he oversees all of these different universes and like he interacted with Doctor Strange specifically. Um, and plus the, there's one big thing that we haven't seen anything of yet. And it's something that's prominently featured on the poster and it's vision in that like suit of armor that makes him kind of look like, uh, an Ultron knight that, and the suit itself has all of the infinity stones on the, the ch- uh, with the exception of the one that's in his head on his chest piece. So I wonder if that, like maybe that villi- like that character who presumably would be a villain, you would think would be might be some kind of key as to like what happens with these multiverse threads or something like that. I, I I don't know.
1: Well I know that there was an episode list that leaked online and it hasn't been completely accurate, but the on that list the last episode was the Ultron episode. Um one of the other episodes we haven't gotten yet so far is Party Thor. What's what's the other one that we're missing?
2: Um the Black Widow one, whatever that. Black one Widow, is. Yeah. yeah, and that's mm. that one involves the um, the Ultron robots because there's a shot where she's on her motorcycle and she knocks down two of them uh, as she's flying through the air with the motorcycle. Um, interestingly enough, too, we also uh, there's a shot in the mid season trailer where we see Party Thor alongside that gaunt, evil version of Doctor Strange in some kind of cosmic setting. So I'm not sure how how that happens uh either.
1: So that uh Supreme Doctor Strange I don't know how what you want to call him
2: Doctor Strange we, Supreme or something.
1: Yeah, Doctor Strange Supreme uh has shown up here and we, we a lot of people are speculating that he could be the the evil bad guy that everybody has to come together or he's something having to do with uh this final episode of the season. Also, uh, I think this past week, Benedict Cumberbatch posted, Have you did you see this Instagram video that he posted? No. He posted an Instagram video, but it was like of his ceiling. He, he was on set of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And the video is like his ceiling. And he was talking and he was like, sorry, I can't show my face, but it's, uh, it's under, uh, I can't it's under nda or under embargo my appearance so now that's led some people to believe that maybe this doctor strange supreme character is actually in multiverse madness and this will lead into that i i don't seem to think that's going to be connected but what, what do you think brad
2: yeah i feel like that's they can't really carry that over into the movie <laughs> without like ensuring like doing everything they can to make sure general audiences watch this m- much more niche animated series yeah I'm willing to bet that it's more so something where like he's been injured and like it it indicates something that happens to him that they don't want people to know yet, like some sort of scar on his face or you know like something like that that it that might might be spoiler worthy. Yeah,
1: I I was kind of wishing that that this animated series maybe. And again, this is maybe with speculation and expectations. And so, yeah, I was kind of wishing that this animated series might have a greater connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe than it, it seems like it does. But at the same time, animation is a long game. You got to, for them to plan this stuff out, whoa, they started working on this like four years ago or something? Yeah. A long time ago.
2: And they've already been working on season two, you know, before this even came out. So, yeah.
1: I mean, to give you an idea, Chadwick Boseman voiced... Uh, Black Panther in in these episodes and he's been dead for how long at this point? It's been over a year, right? Has it been over a year now? I think so. Yeah, no, it has. It definitely has because yeah, I think so. I'd have to look it up, but
2: (laughs) yeah, it looks like we just passed it. It was August 28th last year.
1: Yeah, so... I don't know. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I think maybe any expectations that this would lead into would would stem from Loki or lead into anything else Marvel Cinematic Universe wise is probably like too much to, to ask because they were planning this way before they were even planning, you know, Loki or any of the other stuff that they're working on. So um, do, do you have any other speculation or thoughts to lead us uh, to end this off, Brad?
2: um no i'm i'm but i'm very curious to see how these last three episodes play out considering what we haven't seen and what we've been expecting and i don't know i think even if like we don't end up seeing a more overt connection between all these different characters and it ends up being more of a one-off crossover as opposed to something that makes it more significant um i think that my satisfaction from the series will still mostly remain the same because even even if it does turn into this thing where uh it crosses over and becomes less of an anthology series and like kind of tried to, you know, surprise us by uh creating more of a link between the, these episodes that are supposed to take place in separate universes that the shortcomings of the series are still lingering for me and like it's a show that like I'm I'm willing to watch not just because like we're doing this for work and I kind of have to <laughs> but but because like I it's still a universe that I'm interested in and I like seeing what they do, you know, with with what we've already seen established in the MCU. So even if I walk away from these episodes feeling more lukewarm than anything, with the exception of probably the Doctor Strange episode, which I think is fantastic on its own, um, I I think that no matter what happens, I'll kind of just be like, oh, okay that that was fine.
1: <laughs> Wait, okay. I hate to put you on the spot, Brad, but if you were if you had to rate the series thus far, up and including this episode. Out of ten, what would you give it?
2: Uh, I would probably give it a six.
1: Yeah, I think I'd be at like six point five. Yeah, so I think I like it a little bit more than you. But I, I do think that if we didn't need, if we didn't have this podcast, we hadn't committed to doing spoiler discussions of this of this series each week. I think it would be one of those series that I, I would wait a few episodes and then like binge watch like three in a row. Yeah, I, I think I, w- I would I
2: would agree with that.
1: Yeah, which uh, I would still watch it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm still into it, but I, I feel like I there's not the compulsion that I have with like Mandalorian or anything like that where I need to like stay up till midnight and watch it right. when it hits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I think that does it for today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all our work at slashfilm.com. You can find this podcast in Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. If you have Feedback, questions, comments, concerns, if you have a a speculation, if you want, (laughs) Uh, please no more uh, telling us that we're over-criticizing this show, but you can send it to peter at com. And uh, if you want, head on on over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, write us a review. You just got to take five seconds out of your day to write a sentence there. That helps more people find this podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.